morning, Spirit Church. Can we all stand as we go into a time of worship today? Lifting high. 
team to the front. If you have a need or a prayer, we would love to connect with you and agree with you this morning. If you'd be so bold just to step out of the aisle that you're in and come up front, we would love to pray with you as we go into this next song. Come on, let's continue in worship.
That, that he can do anything in your life. That he can make broken things whole. He can pull families back together. He can do all things. But his truly the sweetest name I know is Jesus. Jesus.
Well, let's lift up the name of Jesus. There's something wonderful and special, powerful about your name. Lord, your name is great and greatly to be praised. And as we lift you up, the Bible says you draw all men and women to yourself, Lord. So we declare Jesus is Lord. We declare Jesus saves. We declare Jesus is coming again soon. And we praise you and thank you for it. How wonderful to be in your presence and in your house and with your people today, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you. What an awesome time of worship we have shared together. We're just going to continue in this moment. We're going to receive communion now. It was available as you came in. If by chance you didn't receive it, if you would slip your hand up, we have ushers that are going to come and try to make sure that you are served today. We want everyone to be served. And if you'll just raise that hand high, uh, they'll be able to see you and identify where you are. And while you're waiting to receive, I would encourage all of us, can we bow our heads for just a moment before we receive communion and have just a time of reflection? Just asking the Lord, Father, if there's any sin in my life, would you forgive me of that? If there's anything that would bring separation, I want to come before your table this morning to receive communion with clean hands and with a pure heart. Those were the words of King David in the Psalms, and that's our prayer this morning, Lord. We come before you with a pure heart, Lord. Please forgive us of our sins. Please help us to be in right standing with you today because of what Jesus did. We are saved by grace through our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you for that. This morning, this is what we call an open communion. You don't need to be a member of our church, this church, but you do need to be a member of the family of God to receive this communion. If that doesn't apply to you yet, we would never try to embarrass you. You could just maybe set that aside. And next time, if you've had that opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, we, we want you to participate. It's just as easy as calling on the name of Jesus and saying yes to him and welcoming him into your life. The Bible gives us instructions and directions for when we receive communion. Paul writes to us, he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it into pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And so we're going to do just as Jesus taught us. We're going to take that bread. If you peel that layer back, and as you have that peace in your hand, let's give thanks to God, just like Jesus did. Lord, we thank you today, not for bread, but we thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which came from heaven to earth. He lived among us a sinless life. He died a criminal's death on a cross that he did not deserve, but he did it because you love us. And this morning, before we receive this bread, I pray we would be so reminded of the love of the Father towards us. Thank you for loving us thank you that your expression tangibly was Jesus. We receive this in his name. Amen. Amen. Would you receive that with us? The Bible says in the same way he took the cup after supper and he said this cup is a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time that you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's, before we peel it back, let's give him thanks for it if we could. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Your blood saves us. It paid the penalty for our sins. The book of Isaiah tells us that your blood heals our bodies. By your stripes we are healed. So I pray not only for those who are far from you today who have never heard the name of Jesus, that they would uh, be told about you and they would confess you as Savior and Lord. 
I pray for those who need a healing touch in their body, that by your stripes, they are healed. We think about people even in our church family today that need a healing touch from you. Would you do the work? We pray for Pastor Perkins, who took a fall on Friday and is in the hospital. Would you bring healing to his body? We know that you are with him and restoring him. We think about others that have been sick and, and need a touch. How do we just... We declare, because of the blood of Jesus, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, including sickness and pain. But we also know, according to the book of Revelation, that uh, we have overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And our testimony is that you are faithful, you are strong, you are still on the throne. You have never lost or given up your power. And you have all authority over addictive behaviors, over temptation. You're a chain breaker. So for those who might feel bound this morning, we just declare in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, freedom. We speak freedom in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We remember your sacrifice for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're able, would you peel that back? And can we receive communion together this morning? Let's receive it. Thank you, Jesus. If you just want to set that aside somewhere, and can we lift up praise to the Lord together? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. This is a special time that we get to share together. Thank you, Lord, that your mercy is new every morning, that your grace is sufficient, and that your love endures forever. We need you. We confess that this morning. We have a desperate need of you. We can't make it without you, but we thank you that you are for us and that you are not against us. We give you the praise. As we're in a moment of prayer, we're also going to pray the Lord's Prayer. It's something that we do as a church family, not as a ritual or as a tradition, but just as a way of reminding us of the unity that is present in the church, the unity that is present when we come together. The, the world, and especially the enemy, would love for the body of Christ to be divided. It seems like he creates ways and reasons for us to get, get in controversy, but it's the Word of God, and it's the work of Jesus that unites us. It's the blood of the Lamb that brings us together. And so we're going to uh, place these words on the screen. If you don't know them, you're welcome to pray it with us. But I would encourage all of us, let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together and bless the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us this morning. We're so glad to have you here. Is anybody tired of being cold? Am I the only one? The best way to get warm this morning is to say hi to somebody seated beside you. Move those arms around. Get the blood flowing. Give some handshakes, some high fives, and some hugs. church. How's everyone doing? Good. We always
always love hearing you connect as we turn and greet each other. And our favorite thing of the week is connecting with you on Sunday mornings during the 8 o'clock, the 9.30, and the 11 o'clock services. But we want to make you aware, since it's January and we're just kind of um, starting a new year, we want to make you aware of the fact that spirit groups are the ultimate way to connect to our church family. They, it's more than just sitting in service with the people that are around you. It's truly a family-type atmosphere with those that are growing deep spiritually and emotionally and mentally and all the, all the healthy ways that um, we want to grow. So I want to just uh, make you aware of some of the, the groups that we have. Not all of our groups are on here because there are several that we have that are at capacity. But the groups that are listed on here um, are open and available if you are interested, if you've even thought about joining a spirit group, if you'll just kind of take a look at those while I talk, but those are also on the website, which we'll go over in just a minute. Um, the ones that have asterisks next to them, um, well, there's not any with asterisks next to them, but <laughs> there was at the eight o'clock, um, but just want to make you aware that there are some new ones. Um, our divorce care is a new one that we have um, that started a few months ago. Our spirit young professionals for 20s and 30s. There's Bible study groups that are on there that meet at the church. If you like to eat, there's even an entire small group around eating, the Dinner Out Club. So we have something for you. There is the, the dog lovers that meets at the dog park. Um, it's just a, a wide variety. If you um, look at that list and you say, man, I just really don't know if any of those apply to me, and you would like to start a spirit group, we would love that. I'm, I'm your person. So um, if you will email me, at robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at spiritchurch.com if you're interested in starting a group. I always spell out my name because in the HR department at the school district I used to work for, I said Robin with a Y, and they called me Yobin. So I always just say R-O-B-Y-N, and we'll just go with that. But I want to show you really quickly if you are interested in joining one of these groups on our website at spirit.church groups. Here's how you get there. So it will, you'll scroll down and you'll say, join a spirit group. And then the second one down says spirit groups. And it's going to scroll you through all the different ones that were just listed. If you click on one of those, it gives you a complete description of when it meets, what it is, who leads it, all the information that you need to know. So it's going to take you down right now just to give you an example of the Women's Discipleship Spirit Group, Women's Disciple Spirit Group that just started a few months ago. And if this looks like something you would be interested in, just as an example, you're going to press Request to Join. And when you do that, your email information is going to be sent to that group leader and they will get in contact with you really simple, really easy. I encourage you to take that step out there as the new year starts and connect with even deeper with our church family. If you will remain watching the, uh, the screens, we have some more announcements for you. Hey everyone, welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Grant and we're so excited that you chose to join us for worship today. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we consider you part of our family and we would love to connect. If you're here with us in person, you can use this QR code to fill out our connect card or our new guest card. Or if you're joining us online, you can fill it out at spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. 
This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new here, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and just say thank you for being here today. Also, if you're a guest, please feel no pressure to give. But if you are here and you'd like to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the Commons area. You can give online at spirit.church give, or you can use our Church Center app. Spirit Church, thank you for being so generous and helping us continue to reach the least, the last, and the lost. Now, I have a few announcements for you. Next Sunday, January 28th, is the State of the Church Address. We hope to see you here as Pastor Jason shares some amazing things that God has done this past year and the hopes and dreams that we have for Spirit Church in 2024. Wednesday, January 31st at 7 p.m. is our night of celebration here at Spirit Church. This is our annual business meeting where we'll be celebrating what God did in 2023 and looking forward to 2024. Everyone is invited, but again, only members can participate in elections. Two Sundays from now, February 4th, we're having a guest speaker, Pastor Gary and Wilma Davidson will be joining us. You will not want to miss, you may remember they joined us for our prayer conference in 2023, brought a powerful message, and so you won't want to miss this one coming up again February 4th, two weeks from today. Spirit Church, thank you for listening. Now let's get our message notes out as our lead pastor, Pastor Jason, comes to continue his series, Firm Foundation. It's good to have you with us this morning. Thanks for being here. Would you do a quick favor and help me welcome all the people watching online this morning? We're glad that you're with us. Thanks for being a part of our church family. We love you very much. Now, would you take out your phone? I don't normally like tell people to take out their phone, especially, but I want you to take out your phone. We're going to put the QR code back up for a second. Do us a favor. Help us check in this morning. Would you open your camera app and would you zoom in on that? That QR code that's right there, if you're an iPhone user, the yellow thing's going to pull up at the bottom, and then you just click on that, and it takes you to it. If you're an Android user, ask my son, because I have no clue. He's an Android guy. I just know how to work the iPhone, and I barely know how to do that. But, but check in online for us. Let us know you're here. It does a couple things. One, we have found out that some of you are showing up, and we just don't know who you are. We want to get to know you better. We want to shepherd you as a pastoral team. We want to serve you better. Two, this is an easy way for you to submit prayer requests to us so that our team can be agreeing with you in prayer. Three, there's a little checkbox where you can click that you want to receive our email. We have an email that comes out every week that has information about events and activities, things that are going on, stuff that we might not have time to talk about every Sunday morning. So we want to make sure that you're in the know and that you're in the loop because we value you and you're a part of our family. So we want you to be connected. So Thanks for taking just a second to do that this morning. Uh, as Pastor Grant said in the video, on Wednesday, the 31st of January, is our night of celebration. It's our annual business meeting. That'll be after the State of the Church address. State of the Church is next Sunday. Then the annual business meeting is the 31st. We call it night of celebration because that's really what it is. There are elections, and you have to be a member to vote. But we're just going to celebrate. And, and the deacons will tell you, and the staff will tell you, this year we have a lot to celebrate. So make plans to be with us at 7 o'clock 
that night. And then let me give you one more that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the video. We have an event for married couples called Marriage in Paradise. And we're doing this on Friday, February the 9th. It's for all married couples at Spirit Church. And it's a Hawaiian theme. So what I told the staff was that Hawaiian shirts are appropriate, coconut bras are not. Okay, so, and, and most of my guys were really disappointed by that. So Hawaiian shirts that night, it's a married couples event. We want you to be here. We're providing child care for birth through the fifth grade, but we need you to sign up, spirit.church slash sign up. We need you to sign up so that we can be prepared to serve your children and to serve you. Uh, we're only charging $10 for the event. That's all it costs for a couple to come. That'll include dessert, and that will include the child care that's there. You need to register whether you have kids coming or you don't have kids coming. We need you to register so that we know that you're coming so that we're prepared for you. From 7 to 8.30 that night, we'll have dessert. We'll have a great teaching time together, a lot of fun. We did Love and Lumberjacks in November, and so this is our next marriage event that we want to do, Marriage in Paradise. And we're going to talk just about that topic right there. What does it mean to have a marriage? marriage in paradise. So make plans to be with us on February the 9th. All right, we're going to get right in this morning. Our series is Firm Foundations. We're teaching lessons from the book of Romans that Paul wrote to us. Romans is like a theological textbook, and it just gives us such a great basis in our Christian faith. Uh, we learned a couple weeks ago about the truth of the gospel. Last week, we learned about the importance of our faith. Next week, at the State of the Church, we're going to talk about our opportunity to reach one more. But today, I want to talk to you about this topic called the power of transformation the power of transformation and sometimes we don't realize once Christ has done the work in our lives how we are and how we can be and how we continue to be transformed to be more like him I know several of you already have your notes out you're getting ready and you're going and I'm gonna mess your world up for a second but would you stand with me if you're able because we're gonna look first at our in the vault text the thing that we always do is we base every teaching on the Word of God not on an opinion or an idea it all has to come from Scripture because truly the the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ that is the firm foundation and so this verse is the one we've been working on all month long Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 would you say it with me this morning for I I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And before we pray, that middle of the, the screen there, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Just keep that thought in your mind. We're going to talk about that this morning. Lord, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that as we study it, it challenges us and it changes us and ultimately it makes us more like you. Today, I pray that my voice would not be the one that is heard. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this room and go through the internet and on the radio and all the ways people are watching this message today, that it would be a message from you and not a message from me. We want and we need to hear uniquely and specifically and individually from your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Again, that thought there, this good news how, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And as Christians, we have seen that, we've experienced that, God has made us right, but we also know that God not only makes us right, he makes us better. And we know that because we believe in the process of transformation. 
And January is a month when everybody believes in transformation, right? This is my year for a better body. This is my year for a better bank account, for physical vitality, for emotional health. New year, new me. We say those kinds of things. People are enamored with transformation. I think, I'd like to think that it started with extreme home makeover. And they would shout, move that bus, and the bus would move, and there was a brand new home. And then there was the the Biggest Loser show, and they would get on the scale, and there would be this remarkable transformation. And then these before and after photos that are on the internet and social media that are exploding. And I mean, nobody even knew what shiplap was until Chip and Joanna brought their fixer-upper show, and now people drive to Waco. The only, listen, I'm from Texas, the only reason to drive to Waco is the Dr. Pepper Museum. Come on. But people are doing that because people are into transformation. And, and, you know, transformation is, you know, before and after. And I was telling Pastor Daniel earlier, right now I'm apparently working on my before body. I need to start working on my after body, but I've been working on my before body a lot. But we see these videos on social media, like the guy who cleans the rugs, and you see this black, dark black rug, and then it's it's totally transformed into this beautiful tapestry. And Sean and Elaine, the car detailers, I love that video on, on, on the social media where this is dirty, and I can't imagine the condition that people bring their cars out there. And then he gets out there with his tools and he does it. But the best videos on social media are the lawn care guys. Have you seen the lot? Come on, put this up here. Look at this. This is so soothing to me. Look at, look at this. This is amazing with the weed eater and the blower. And it's warm enough that you have to mow. I mean, please, Lord, bring it back. I will mow tomorrow if we can get warm weather. Look at how good this guy does with his edger. And, and then in a minute, he's going to spray paint his yard, which I'm starting to think this is a really good idea for where we live. I mean, look at the detail work that this guy does. He cleans it up well. I mean, almost as good as what I do. Look at him spray painting the yard. Oh, isn't that satisfying? Because there's the before, and then here's the after. We are enamored with transformation in our society. And you know what's great is that the Bible talks about transformation as well. In fact, Paul, who teaches us about Firm's Foundations in Romans 12 too, look at what he says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, But be, what's he say? Be transformed by renewing your mind and then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Now, as you're looking at that verse on the screen this morning, I wanna talk to you about three words. I wanna talk to you about conform. I wanna talk to you about the word pattern. And I wanna talk to you about the word transform. The first word there, the word conform. When we look at that biblically and what that meant in the original language, the word conform means to shape one's behavior to shape one's behavior. Do not shape your behavior, Paul says, to the pattern. And the word pattern in the Greek actually means to the age or to the culture or to the society in which you are living. Society is always going to offer us a pattern to follow, whether it be in our music, in our dress, in what is popular, what is acceptable. It's always going to offer us a pattern. And when you're old like me, you know that if you hold on to that piece of clothing long enough, it'll come back into style. Or just go to Goodwill and somebody's given it up and you can get it for cheaper than you bought it in the first place. So don't have your behavior shaped or determined by the world standard, but instead, he says, be transformed. That word transformed in the Greek is metamorphumai. Probably sounds familiar, like metamorphosis. means to change the essential nature of yourself, who you are. So don't let your behavior be determined by your society or culture. Be like Jesus. If I were to take Paul's words and put it in the original language, the verse that you see on the screen might sound like this. 
Do not shape your behavior in accordance to the world's standards. Instead, change your essential nature by learning to think and to be like Christ. And this process that we're talking about and describing is a process called transformation. But transformation is just that. It's a process. Transformation is a process. And we see it on social media, and it happens in 60 to 90 seconds. We watch it on TV, and it's in a one-hour television show. And then in our own lives, when it doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to, we're disappointed. We're frustrated. We give up because we don't see transformation happening so fast. But being like Jesus means that we're constantly improving. That we're constantly, day by day, becoming more like him. And that's what God wants. He wants transformation in our life because he wants us to be like him because we were made in his image to be like him. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 tells us as much. It says, God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's what God said from the beginning. When we were created, he created us to be like him. Now we know that Satan is a deceiver. We know that Satan sits on the throne of lies. And so he came to the garden when Adam and Eve were there. And he went to Eve and said, Did God really say that you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? And if you go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 3, we pick up the story. And, and Eve responds and she said, It's only from the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God told us you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now look at Satan's response. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. Wait a minute. I just read a verse that said that we were created to be like God, that we were created in his image. So we, Adam and Eve are already like God. Now Satan says you're going to be like God, and you're going to know good and evil. Now wait a second. Adam and Eve only knew good up until this point, what did Satan want them to do? Satan wanted them to give in to deception, to give in to temptation, so that they would not know good, so that they would know, because if they knew evil, they would be like him. That's what Satan wants us to do, is he wants us to be like him. God created us in his image so that we'd be like him. So Satan brings temptation, Adam and Eve fall, as we all have given in to temptation before, and now there's separation between us and God. Our sins separate us from God. They keep us from him. But God, in his grace and in his mercy, sends Jesus to bring restoration. And when Jesus brings restoration through the good news, the gospel that we talked about, we are made right in his sight. It's that process of transformation that occurs. And so let me break this down a little bit more specifically if we can. I want to show you that four ways that God brings transformation to us. Because what transformation does and what we love about it is transformation highlights opposites. Before versus after. What was versus what is. How it started versus how it's going. And so here's the first transformation that we see that is brought in our lives. It's the transformation that we call new life. That we receive new life in Christ Jesus. And the new life that we get or that we receive is a life that is not controlled by sin any longer. That our sin nature, because of Jesus' work, has no power in us. Our sin nature has no power over us. Let me show you Romans chapter 6 and verse number 6. Paul writes to us, he says, We know that our old, our sinful selves were crucified with Christ 
so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And then we've written songs about this last part of the verse. We are no longer slaves to sin. So the transformation is that I used to be slaved and trapped by my sins. I used to have no control over the sinful nature. But because of what Jesus did, I'm not that way anymore. It's 2024. Meet the new me, right? Because of Jesus, I have new life. And actually, Paul goes on to write that sin has lost its power. Romans 6.11, it says, So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Has anybody ever said to you, or maybe you have said to someone, you're dead to me? You know, you do something to hurt them or offend them or not, you're dead to me. Well, guess what? Now, every time that sin or temptation tries to come into you, you know what you can say to Satan? You're dead to me. You're dead to me. Sin has no control, no power, no authority over my life anymore because I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to Christ. I'm alive because of what Christ has done in my life. Now, I want, I want to talk to the people in the room who struggle with sin. So, in other words, all y'all, including myself, right? Let's talk, to, let's talk to everybody for a second. I want to encourage you, Romans 6.6 6 and Romans 6.11 are not just words that we put on the screen. This is the power of the gospel at work in us, right? So when the enemy comes to bring temptation, and he will, when that same sin that seems to hold you up looks like it's going to get you again, you not just turn to a verse, you declare that verse. You shout that verse over your life. I am dead to sin. I'm not going down that road anymore. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not the person you used to know. Satan, you think you have me bound. I am not. I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive in Christ Jesus. I have new life. I have been transformed. <clears throat> it leads us to the second kind of life that God provides for us through the work of Jesus. It's abundant life abundant life and it's not just a life that is no longer controlled by sin but it's a life that is so much better than the life we had before Christ came in and did a work in us if you have your bible with you i'm going to be in john chapter 4 verse 13 in just a second john 4:13 and as you're turning there i want to show you on the screens john chapter 10 and verse number 10 because it talks about this abundant life jesus told us he said the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy, but my purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. If you grew up in, with the NIV or with the King James, he would say, life more abundantly, a better life than you had on your own. And so Satan comes in and he wants to deceive and he wants to trap us and he wants to trip us up, but Jesus wants to lead us into a better life than the life we were leading. Now, as you're turning there to John chapter 4, there's a story where Jesus is with his disciples, and they're traveling to Galilee. And to get to Galilee, they have to go through a region called Samaria. And this is a big deal because Jewish people and Samaritan people don't like each other. There's racial and cultural tensions that are there. And they're passing through, and Jesus' disciples kind of leave, and they go off to find food. The Bible says it's late in the day, and Je or in the middle of the day, and Jesus sits down near the well because he's tired from the journey. In the middle of the day, he's sitting by this well, and a Samaritan woman comes out to the well to draw water for herself and for her family. And Jesus says, uh, would, you, would you please draw, draw me, would you please draw me, can't talk this morning, a drink. And she said, but you're Jewish, and I'm Samaritan, so why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus said these words to her, if you only knew the gift that God has for you, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you living water. And she's like, so do you want to drink or not? 
She's kind of confused by, by what Jesus is saying because he's speaking metaphorically. He, he's got a reference and an implication that, that she doesn't quite understand yet. And Jesus tells her these words in John 4, 13 and 14. Anyone who drinks this water, the water from the well, will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, a bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. He's offering her an abundance, a, a, a difference, a, a counter, a transformation from the normal life she had lived. And let's talk about the normal life she had lived. Without diving all the way into the story, what we know about this Samaritan woman is she has been married five times before. Now, even the people in Hollywood are freaked out by that. I mean, that's like really impressive even for them. But more than that, not only has she been married five times before, but now she has a live-in boyfriend that she's, that she's got and she's not married to. And Jesus, as he's talking to her and asking her for this water, it, it, it can't be passed over on us that it's in the middle of the day that she comes to draw water. Nobody comes to draw water in the middle of the day unless they don't want anyone to see them. So when Jesus says, I'm going to offer you abundant life, a bubbling spring, something that is better, she says, man, I've, I've had all the life I can have. I've lived more than enough life. I've been through five men. I still haven't got it right. I've got one with me now, and my life is a mess. I don't, thanks, Jesus, but I don't need any more life. But Jesus doesn't just offer life. He offers abundant life. And so why he says to her, if you only knew the gift that God has for you, if you only knew who you were talking to. And can I offer to us this morning that those words that Jesus spoke to that woman still ring true for us today? If we only knew who we were talking to, if we only knew who we had in our lives and what he had done for us, I, I think sometimes, and maybe I'm the one who's guilty of this, is that we trust Jesus for salvation, but we don't step into the fullness of what he has for us. We don't receive the abundance that he wants to bring about in our, our lives. We're satisfied to have the get out of hell free card and we stash it in our pocket, but we don't realize that there is a, a greater life, a life beyond our expectations, beyond what we could experience, better than we could create. And can I just encourage all of us, let's stop walking in normal and let's step into the abundant life that God has for us. One of the ways that we do that is through the third kind of transformative life that Christ gives us. It's a spirit-led life. A spirit-led life. Because when you're led by the spirit, it brings new purpose and new vision to you. When you allow the Holy Spirit to come in, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will lead us to righteousness. In fact, John chapter 16 and verse 8, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And when we look at that verse, it's easy for us to pick out the words sin and judgment. But can I also turn our attention to righteousness? The Holy Spirit helps us live a righteous life, a life that we couldn't live if we were the one leading our life by ourselves. John 16, 13, Jesus says the way that happens is because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth guides us into all truth. And now we're back at the book of Romans, and we've got Paul who's teaching us about this firm foundation. And he's writing to a church that's full of Gentile and Jewish people, and they're having their own cultural issues. They're having their own sin issues. They're trying to determine, how do I live for Christ in, in a world that doesn't seem to value the things of God? And Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please 
the Spirit. That word controlled actually means to be led or to be guided by the Spirit. And, and here's the great thing about God is that He not only does what we think we need. What do we need? We need the Spirit to guide us in truth. But He not only does what we think we need, He does more for us than we ever could do for ourselves. Because if you go down just a few more verses to Romans chapter 8, verse number 11, Paul goes on to tell us that the Spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit that is living within you. See, transformation is really good about highlighting opposites. It's a, a you or a me-led life versus a spirit-led life. And we have to allow the spirit to lead us and guide us into righteousness and into truth. Let me give you the last kind of transformation that we see. It's that eternal life. We have the new life and the abundant life and the spirit-led life, but the worship team is going to come and help me with this one. We have what we call eternal life. And you know, the, the, the reality is, is that everyone will have eternal life. The question is, will it be with the Lord or will it be apart from the Lord? Let's go back to where we started this morning in the book of Genesis where Satan said, you're not going to die. It was a lie. Everyone's going to die. We're all going to die a physical death, but our spirits are going to live on. The question is, will it be with the Lord or will it be apart from the Lord? And Satan's desire is that as many of us as possible would know evil and be like him. But God's desire is that we would know good and remember that we are created in his image and we would be like him. Because there's an eternal destiny that awaits all of us. In fact, Paul wrote it best in Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. Some of the things we've already heard this morning. Now you are free. I love how it says now. Because some of you, all of you, you need to find those people that used to know you. And you need to go to them and you say, meet the new me. Because I'm not who you think I am. <laughs> I'm not the person I used to be. And some of you need to go back to those addictive behaviors that you were once bound by and you just say, but now, I'm not that person anymore. I'm free from the power of sin and I've become a slave to God. And I do now I do things that lead to holiness and things that result in eternal life because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what he offers us. Now they were, they were singing this song just a minute ago what a beautiful name it is. And the second verse, man, as Hayden was singing that, it just jumps out to you. Because the line says, you didn't want heaven without us. He doesn't need us. He's completely whole, apart from us. He lacks nothing, but he didn't want heaven without us. And then it says, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, but your love was greater. What could separate us now? I want to invite you, if you're able, would you go ahead and stand with us this morning across this room? We're going to take just a moment and reflect on the transformation that Jesus brings as he offers us eternal life. He came that we might live not just our own life, not just to get out of hell free card. He came to give us an abundant, spirit-led new life that will result in eternal life with him forever. Meet the new me because I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. I am set free. I'm no longer a slave to sin. But 
I'm free in Christ Jesus. Before they sing, would you join me? Let's give him thanks. Come on, begin to thank Jesus for what he has done. I praise you, Lord. Thank you, because sin once had me, but I'm not bound by that anymore. Thank you, Lord, because I used to be far from you, but now because of Jesus and his cross, you have, you have drawn me near to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the work you've done, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's sing it out together. He didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Yes. My sin was great, your love. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is. Can we lift it up? What a wonderful name. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Yeah, your name is wonderful, Lord, and we give you all the glory and the praise. This morning as your head is bowed, I want to offer eternal life. It's not my offer. This is on behalf of Jesus. He wants to give you eternal life. He came from heaven and earth. He brought heaven down so that we might have eternal life. And so that separation that was there between us and him can be gone. And so you're in this place this morning and you are separated and you are far from God. This morning you can be very near to him by saying yes to Jesus. We're not going to embarrass you. You don't have to come to the front. We just want to pray with you and, and help you this morning. If that's you and you say, man, there is distance between myself and God, but I want that separation to be bridged, would you just simply lift up your hand and say, yeah, pray for me. That's me. Thank you. I'm looking to make sure I don't miss any hands. Thank you. I've already seen a couple of hands. If you're online, just put the word yes in your chat box. Let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus. This is a moment to draw near to Him and to be restored to Him. Let that transformation take place in your life. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. And so this morning, I'm going to lead all of us in a prayer of confession where we're accepting and receiving the work of Jesus on our behalf. Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus this morning, let us know. Come see me in the Welcome Center after service. Talk to one of our team members because you got to start professing and confessing that new life that he has. Before we go, we've got to respond to this call to abundant life. We've got to stop living just normal, just right where we are in our little box. And it's time, and it may not be for all of you, not, maybe not everybody's ready for this, but I can sense that it's time for some of us to step out 
into the abundant life that Jesus has. Just like that woman at the well said, I, I, I don't know because I can't handle any more of this normal life. And Jesus says, I'm not offering you normal life. I'm offering you something better than you were able to com- to create for yourself better than you've been able to experience on your own. I'm offering you a new dimension of myself and I'm offering you a a new destination. I'm directing and leading you. We're going to get to that, that bridge. Death could not hold you. And I want you to really play the drums on this part. Don't be scared of them, okay? But if you're ready to step into that abundant life, you say, oh, is he going to make me raise my hands? You bet, because it's surrender. It's surrender. It's saying, surrender, I want the abundance. I want all that you have. I want all that you have. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to be the the boss. I don't want to guide my own steps. I want your control and your authority. I want the abundance and the fullness of what you have. Come on, begin to ask him for it. More of you, Lord Jesus, more of your spirit, more of your power, more of your guidance, more of your direction, more of your love, joy, and peace, more of your favor, more of your blessing, more of your anointing. I want more of you, Lord, in my life. I want all that you have for me. Don't let me be contained and stuck in this shell or this box, but would you bring the abundant life and pour it into me, Lord. You said that I can have life more abundantly, life more abundantly, Lord. That's what we're asking you for this morning. Man, what an amazing Sunday, amen. 
Who's ready for some transformation in 2024, yeah? Come on, God's up to something special. And we are so honored and so excited to see what all God is going to do in the hearts and lives of so many here at Spirit Church. Hey, just a couple things before we go today. The first thing is this. As of now, we are planning on having Next Generation Ministries tonight here, 530 to 730. Please, please, please be monitoring your phones, social media, whatever it is. There is a chance for inclement weather coming in a little bit sooner than forecasted, so we're going to be keeping an eye on it and let you guys know as soon as we do if we can keep on having that tonight. The second thing, if we do have it tonight at youth, we are having a record breaker night where we are going to take on some Guinness challenges, some Guinness world records, which there's one where you throw a tea bag from like the back of the church up to the stage and that would be the world's longest teabag into a mug shot, okay? So I'm just saying it's gonna be pretty crazy. Make sure your youth kids can come by and hang out with us. But as you leave today, I wanna pray a prayer of blessing over us all if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.